Hello, everybody, and welcome to Smack Talk. Don't adjust your, your screen right now. I'm not your normal host. My name is Mac Davis, and I'm your guest host this week. And I host the show right here on Sports Kita every single week with Bill After and Teddy Long. And it's called The Wrestling Time Machine. We'd love to have you stop by. But this week, I get to spend time with none other than Dirty Dutch Mantel. Hey, Mantel, how you doing, brother? Well, thank you very much. Mac, isn't that the name of a famous singer? It sure is. Yeah, yeah. See, we're both cool enough to remember him. Yeah. Uh, You know, Don't Get Hooked on Me and all those other good songs that he had out there that people get. You know, a famous singer singer just died, Jimmy Buffett. Yes, God. This past week. My condolences to him and his family. Big fan of his work. And he was 76, but very talented. He was very talented. I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a Savannah, Georgia boy originally, uh, but I lived in Florida for many, many, many years. And uh, Jimmy Buffett was a part of my uh, life growing up down in Florida because uh, I'd stay on the, on the beaches uh, right on the bars there with the, you know, you get your good oysters, a good bucket of beer and some Jimmy Buffett and life was good. But, I used to wrestle in Savannah every Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. At the Savannah or Civic Center, what was the Civic name? Civic Center, yeah, you sure Civic did. I, I've seen you there before. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I remember the when you came through there. Uh, in fact, that's my memories of you, Dutch, or came came from the uh, the shows in Savannah originally. Really? Yep, sure. You is. know, I got in one of the worst fights I've ever been in in my life in the dressing room in Savannah. Did you get fired for it the next day? No. So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. And the guy, uh, I was wrestling this guy. His name was uh, Roberto Soto. You remember him? Mm -hmm. Yep. You remember him? I do. And I'm in a ring with him, and he had left the territory. And when he left, he'd, he'd been like some champion or something. And then wherever he left didn't work out. So he came back about six months later. He was in a different spot on the card. He was down where I was, which was about second match. And he was he was friggin' mad about it, I guess. So we got in the ring one night and he was just snatching me around. And I said, Hey brother, lighten up a little bit. And then he just hauled off and just punched me right in the face. Bam. And that I come and I said, Come on, man, let's work. That last work, but he hit me again. I said, F this. I rolled out of the ring to the referee, Ronnie West, to count me out, and he did, under the closet. And there was a big, long broom handle. I broke it over my knee. And I went to the other dressing room and went in there and kicked the door open. I said, Hey, Soto. He saw me there, and he come walking toward me. That was a mistake. I put 16 stitches in his head. And then he had to go to the hospital. And you ought to saw us both the next day. And for what? What What? What even caused that? Yep. But I never talked to him about it. But 
he left me alone. He never, and, and it also, I never had to wrestle him again either because they kept us apart because they thought we'd go in the ring and we'll, we'd, we'd sell it there. But, well, and I tell know, that story, true, true story, 16 stitches in my head, boom. I'm glad you bring that story up too, Dutch, because uh, it, it brings me to the first topic I want to talk about on today's show, uh, and that is CM Punk. Uh, CM Punk getting fired from AEW after everything that went down. We can go over all the stuff, all the news that we've heard for the last week, and there's no sense in doing that. But the gist of it is he got fired for something that two people were involved in, and I'm wondering, was a firing necessary in this situation? Because like you said, in the old days, the way we handled business was in the back, and the business stayed in the back. Now, yeah. it seems like everybody, oh, I'm going to get in the fight, or I'm going to get my lawyer against your lawyer. In the old days, two guys just beat <laughs> the crap out of each other. Is that right? That's it. Yeah. That's what happened. Well, what are your and thoughts then on you, the whole? If you got the crap beat out of you, it's over. Yeah. Okay, the, the guy won, and nobody got on to you about it. It just... They may talk individually about it to each other, but was a firing necessary? I, well, I think so. Because, but they, I, I've been looking at this. I love this story. Yes. I love all this bull crap about it, this bullshit, because, oh, he did this and he did that. And, but I don't think anybody has even approached it from this angle. Maybe he wanted to get fired. Yes, true. See? He might see, like Cody did, that the company is limited and in where it's going. And he's had contact with WWE because we know that. Because we, and we I also don't know think that I, Triple H has interest in him too. He said, you know, if if, if the money's right and the and the storyline's right, I'd be willing to bring him back. Yeah. Well. And he knows Tony wouldn't let him out of his contract after he got rid of him last year over this, over the, and see, that's not the, that heat with the all elite and Omega. It hasn't gone away apparently. No. And he may have just wanted to get fired. Why else would he threaten <laughs> Tony Khan? If it's not his fault, why would he, why would he threaten him? Which leads me to another thing. How would Tony Khan have, say 30 years ago. Yeah. How he handled the backstage with guys we had then. Yeah, Bruiser Bro. The guys. Yeah, Bru and Hanson. Yeah. And Abdullah and all those guys, even Dick Slater. Yes. And all those guys who were, I mean, and Paul Orndorff, who were legitimately tough guys in a in a fight. Yeah. I don't know how he would have he would have handled it. But another thing is Whatever possessed Tony Khan to get on the stage in Chicago <laughs> on the night of the pay-per-view and ramble on for six minutes about basically nothing. Yes. I don't know why they just didn't put a sign up and say, hey, he's been dismissed. He's been, you know, terminated because of with calls or whatever. But Tony had to go out there on stage. And I heard that he got, and I don't know if this is true or not, but who gives a crap? Well, we can still talk about it. That's what this, that's what this <laughs> podcast is for. He went into the back and I heard he had tears in his eyes. Tony, come on, brother, please. 
I mean, that's embarrassing. That that in that that embarrasses me. Well, how do you feel when you see the wrestlers come in and Tony Khan giving them a big hug? I've seen this numerous times with some of the. Talent. Oh, I've seen it too. I've and, seen it and that too. That drives me crazy uh, from the sense that I'm supposed to be looking at a guy who's supposed to be a monster, and you're giving him a hug like it's a teddy bear. Yeah, I saw him. He give uh, Cesaro. Yes. Oh, he give him and just hung on him, and I went, yeah. "Wait a minute, what's the deal?" I mean, one man hugging another man—that's kind of an odd scene like that. Yeah, well, especially with the way because his is more of an embrace than it is just like a man. You know, a man hug to me is like a you grab a guy by the wrist and you bring each other in and slap each other on the back, and that's a hug. You yeah. Know? You know, his hugs are more of like uh, something you would do with your wife, you know. <laughs> uh, they're, they're actually, they're pretty close. Now, I respect Tony Khan. I respect his uh, love for the professional wrestling business. And I'm glad he started another company because that gives the guy somewhere else to go. And then you got a bunch of s smaller promotions. But none is going to pay the money like a, a Tony Khan promotion. I respect him in, in that area of the business. But when he does the hugs or when he goes on stage and, you know, and I'm, I was even listening to it because I wasn't there. I was listening to the playback of it. And I don't even know what he was talking about. He no, was this and that, and he was all over the place. And he got up and he sat back down. Then he got up and. I'm going to say, damn, what the hell is going on here? But, like I said, it's good to talk about. <laughs> well, let me ask but, you, I do, I, but I do think maybe there's a part that we're missing. People's all down on, uh, they're down on Punk yeah. for doing what he did to the Jungle Boy. But didn't he tell him? But the, he did go out there and send a message right to Punk when he said, hey, it's real glass. Real yes. glass. Hey, cry me a river. Now, if I'd have told a guy not to do that and he went out there on the pay-per-view, I mean, this is before the real pay-per-view started, Correct. I think. Yes, it was on the pre-show, but even right up to it. But if he had done that, that would piss me off too. Oh, yeah. And when he come back through that uh gorilla position, I would have asked him about it. But I think before uh Anybody had any, I mean, I heard Punk was the aggressor. What's that mean or whatever? And then he, he didn't punch him. He just snatched him. Well, what and was it that then, he did? Have you heard about what it was that he did that made Tony feel unsafe and that his, you know, his own, uh, you know, safety was of concern? What was it that Punk did? Did he pull a gun on him? What did he do? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, you may uh, sound like he just created a terror backstage. No kidding. And I'm thinking, what yeah, what what did he do? I think he just picked the table up or something to knock monitors off. And he and, and, and he screamed at Tony, like, what are you gonna do? Or something. And they got him out of there. I think Samoa Joe calmed him down and got him out of there. But he did it in front of he did it in front of everybody. So apparently that uh, hurt Tony's feelings. Yeah. And and hey, if I was paying somebody good money and they're screaming at me. Yeah, they'd have to go. Yes. They would. But again, like I said, maybe Punk wanted to go. So he says, if this don't work, maybe this will. And I want him to fire me. I don't have to worry about it. Be fine. See, if he leaves, Tony can sue him. Oh, yeah. If he leaves off his contract, I would I would assume 
But if he fired him with calls and made the announcement, now the next thing I'm looking forward to, and it may come out, I don't know when this, uh, this video will come out, but what I'm thinking of, I am highly, highly interested in what Punk's going to say. Yes. It, but well, it, it seems like it's a lot easier for us to be able to talk about it, especially when we know all the details from both sides. Because so far, it seems like everything's been anti-Punk. You know, you really haven't heard a lot of support for Punk. And I'm curious about certain things, like even the glass. I'm confused because it was a week before when Punk had that conversation with Jack yep. Perry about the glass. So yep. who did on the on the pay-per-view did Tony approve Tony Khan approve the glass being used when it was already told no a week before? I don't know. See, I mean, That's if I'm Punk, I'm thinking we went through this already. What the hell? Who approved this? Yep. I'm thinking that in my head at the same time. And he also you got to keep in mind that Punk arrived to London and had no transportation. He got off the plane and there was nobody there to pick him up, take him to the hotel, take him to the arena. He had to ride with fans who showed him how to get where he needed to go. So I'm sure Punk was a little pissed off at the time he got out there. Well, what I heard was everybody just got their own transportation to the hotel. It was going to be reimbursed later, which is probably easier. But I don't think they even told Punk that. No, they didn't. That, that was the problem. He didn't. He he did. He didn't know anything. So he felt like, well, hell, if you're going to stick me out here like I'm a, just a first match guy and let me find, well, you don't give a crap about me. So it bills and bills and bills. And uh, I am very interested in what Punk is going to say. And I, know I had something else to say, but I've been hit on the head a couple hundred thousand times. And, <laughs> well, let me, let me ask a, you this. It's, a, it's escaped me now. Go ahead. Uh, let me ask you. AEW and Tony Khan, two times now that Punk has been the news after a big pay-per-view or a premium live event. And both times were stories that really in wrestling could have made big money. I'm wondering, no is Tony Khan missing the value of this drama that's backstage? Is he is he seeing this as a problem and not seeing it as dollar signs? Okay, let's compare AEW to... Uh, WWE. WWE have taken their backstage problems and turned them into real life angles. Yes. That's what they've done. It looks like to me the best angles in AEW are behind the camera. Yes. Hey, turn those cameras around, guys. Let's get this. Hell, we got editing equipment. Uh, if you cuss and raise hell, we can take all that out. That just yeah. adds to the reality of it. And there's no acting involved. You don't got to be told by some agent what to do, or what to say. Just be you, and we're going to go with it from there. Yeah, I'm thinking it, Tony Khan probably should have simply pulled those two guys into a room when that all happened and said, guys, we got money here. You're going to work together because I'm paying you to work together, or you can take a hike. It's one or the other. We're either going to yep. do business or you're gone. Yep. I'm going to tell another story. Sure. I was in Mid-South, uh, Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas, you know, that territory. Yeah. And it was uh, Butch Reed and John Nord. And they were working together and they had a disagreement. 
And the next time they worked, they had another disagreement. And it finally bore to the stage where they actually got into a semi-fight in the ring. Well, uh, Cowboy Bill Watts wasn't going to allow that to happen. He called them together, and I forgot where it was. It was on a Sunday, and I think it was in the afternoon show was Oklahoma City. They had two shows on a Sunday, Oklahoma City in the daytime, and then the night show was in Tulsa yeah. or something like that. I forgot. But he pulled them in the back in one of those buildings and said, all right, guys, I want you to get it out of the system here. And if you want to fight, I want you to fight right now. And he's the only one who saw it. And he stood back and Nord actually told me this. I was traveling with him and he come back with a little bit of swollen eye. I said, well, who hit you now? He said, oh man, you don't believe this. He told me a story. He says, they threw down and well, he said it, some of those some of those bombs were coming in. He said he landed a few and he said Butch landed a few. And then he said, well, we both blew up. <laughs> he said, Bill said, all right, that's it. That's it. And you guys got it out of your system now? They said, yeah. They shook hands and they went their way and nothing else was said about it, nor was anything else uh, attempted in the ring. Bill Watts had the right idea. Let them fight it out. Yes. And nobody else there, no witnesses but him. And I didn't hear this from Bill Watts. I heard it from Nord. And they, they had no more problems. If we had done that in this case, we could, probably could have avoided CM Punk being fired. We could have avoided uh, losing money on angles and stories that would have sold a lot of tickets for AEW. Well, you, you, you mentioned what, what what if he dragged them back in the room, Tony Khan? Well, he's not going. Tony's not going to do that. Tony <laughs> got on that six-minute rambling interview, and he said never before in his life had his security been threatened nor his life been threatened. And I said, I don't think it was quite to the to the extreme to where his life was questioned or his safety. Yeah. It was just two guys getting in a fight. Surely he's not I don't I don't know even why he made like I said, I don't even know why he made that uh I, I think it was a legal it's reason with him it, I believe the lawyers, that, if I'm not mistaken, gave him a statement that he had to walk out and read uh, word for word part of it. Uh, and I think after that, he, he just kind of started winging it. And, and you know how Tony is when he does press conferences. He'll wing it sometimes and he'll go on about something. And I don't know half of what he's even talking about. Did you see the right before the problem started with uh, Punk and the uh, the brothers, mm -hmm, the Young Bucks? Did you see them sitting out there in that? And I've never heard of a wrestling scrum to AEW brought it to my attention. It's a press conference. Mm -hmm. They call it a scrum. And everything Punk was saying, uh, Tony was agreeing with him. and But his eyes were wide open. And he didn't blink. I went, wait a minute. There's something just a little bit off about this interview. Yes. And the more I watched it, Tony was shaking his head, agreeing everything to he said. If he said the damn the Bucks were a bunch of no good pedophiles, Tony would. <laughs> he well, just not agreeing with that. It's crazy. That's it, why I like AEW because some of the angles I get into. It, it, the uh, press conference you're talking about when he was doing all that, uh, I, I did notice. I'm thinking to myself, well, if he's so pissed off with 
CM Punk privately in his own head because of what's going down. Why was he so nice to him when he left and asked, can I have one of your drinks before you go? I'm kind of thirsty. He made like they were just best buddies. I'm thinking if that had happened to me, if I'm the boss and one of my employees is starting to unload my other talent, which should stay in the back, I'm going to step in and I'm going to shut it down as fast as I can and try to keep it in the back. Tony sat back and let CM Punk take control. And from that point, Boy, sure forward, did. And, and see where we are now today, because he never took control of the situation. Well, how would he have taken control of that situation at that scrum? What would he have done? I think the only thing he could have done was ask Punk to stop and uh, let's move on to another question and just shut it down there. If Punk had kept going, then I would have asked Punk to leave. I, I think because I yeah. think he would have been right. Because, I mean, he basically turned around at one point and told Tony uh, that, you know, he, he didn't need him, basically. He was kind of, you know, he dismissed him in a way. And if I were Tony at that point, I would have really lost my <laughs> You know, I, I just don't dismiss me. I'm the guy that's writing your check each week. How much is that tape worth of <laughs> a punk snatching up little little uh, jungle boy and uh, adjusting his breathing mechanism a little <laughs> bit? And then Tony, I, I wonder how big his eyes were then if he was that scared. Yeah. So you think it's a legal issue why he made that statement? Yeah, I think that he was trying to say things in uh, in a legal way to keep himself out of trouble, uh, what he said in front of the fans. And I think he was trying to also make the fans get on his side, which wasn't going to happen in the beginning because he, the, the Chicago he, you know, he fans didn't aren't going to do that. No. Okay, the house, I saw the house. They've done well in Chicago. Yes. But I think when those people heard that Punk wasn't going to be there, they said, no, nope, not going because the whole second deck looked empty across the yeah. hard camera. And those what are dedicated fans to the CM Punk. I, I'm not no sure. Kidding. I'm not sure if it was sold out. And, uh, you know, and, and they claim that Chicago is a, a home to them, a second home to Jacksonville and Chicago. And I don't think Chicago is going to consider AEW a home team uh, if they keep, you know, treating CM Punk the way they do. they got to be careful. I think even some of the talent on AEW now, Dutch, it seems like they all want to kind of get their, you know, the little barbs in against CM Punk on TV or through their matches or something that they may do or something they wear. And it's like you're trying to get under his skin. Of course, eventually CM Punk's just going to explode. And that's probably what we saw this past weekend. Well, and, and this is an old saying in wrestling, you're working to the boys. The boys don't make you any money at all. It's the fans who take your pay-per-views, who buy your merchandise, who come to your shows. That's your fan base, not the dressing room. I've seen two guys go into the ring and do all this crazy, crazy stuff so they can come back to the dressing room. And another guy said, wow, man, what a deal you did. And the people may sit back on their thumbs and say they don't respect it. Yep. But anyway, I, I've seen that before. but. I think if they had had that camera reversed, <laughs> you and Tony sitting at go position, and they had that on on tape, yep, I would actually pay to see that. And there's got to be a tape around somewhere because somebody said that the security cameras in that particular building were everywhere. So I yeah. would imagine somebody captured that on film. I just don't see how they didn't. But uh, even if they did, we probably may never see the light of day. So well, but it was. In a, it was in a gorilla position. WWE, when they're in a gorilla position, that's something they build. Yeah, that's true. So they could have had cameras, but outside that gorilla position, 
that's probably what they had. You can see the gorilla position, but you can't see inside of it. So unless they put a camera there, and I don't think they would, who would have the foresight to put a camera there anyway. But like I said, AEW has much better entertaining angles outside the ring than they do inside of it. And I've been saying for yes. a long time, if, if Punk was going to quit, it's better for them to find, fire him than him to walk out. Because now, because Punk has shown that he will sue people. Oh, yeah. Who oh, was yeah. that guy? Who was that guy he sued? What's his name? Colt, uh, Colt Cabana. Colt Cabana. He didn't have any any hesitation in suing him. No. no. So, but anyway. Let me that's, ask you something. That's what Dutch, I got to say about it. I, I know that we're running out of time, and uh, I, I want to get your opinion on something. Uh, this past weekend, WWE's Payback. We had Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus inside the steel cage. Why don't we get your thoughts on that steel cage match? Uh, did you get a chance to see the, the the match between the two ladies? I didn't see the – I just saw bits and pieces of it yeah. for some reason. How was it? It was fantastic. Probably I, – I, here's the question I'm going to get to, too. The two women I thought put on one hell of a cage match. Maybe match of the year for WWE. People have been saying that it was one of those matches that could be match of the year. It was very unexpected from these two to put on such a hellacious match inside the steel cage. The only thing that's missing from it, and I'm old school. Dutch, I know you're old school too. In a cage match, I'm so used to seeing blood. Yeah. Would it not have been a moment for Trish Stratus to get a crimson mask with that blood all back in that blonde hair one time for the ladies? Well, it would have been different. But you said the match was great. Yes. You know, there's something about a woman bleeding. That, it, yeah. <laughs> that just, I'm saying, I don't want to see it. Yep. Tell you the truth. And what they do, they got a lot of kids watching. And one of those girls bleeding, a guy's one thing. You kind of expect a guy to do it. Yep. But a woman, and I don't know how many people you might turn off. I mean, while yep. I, I think the guys would be the only one or like 90% of the guys might want to see that. But I'm one of them who wouldn't. But I know the women and the little kids, they wouldn't want to see that at all. Yeah. And that's their business. At least they know their base. I've often said this. Uh, read the room. It's like a comic. I learned as a comic taught me that. He said, when you go on stage, do a comedy routine, read your room. And, but that's, and I think WWE, they've read the room. And that's why they have the rule of, uh, of no blood. And of course, part of that comes from, uh, you know, the, the, the networks telling yep. you we don't want any blood or anything else. Now, I remember uh, probably 15 years ago, in, I was in TNA. A guy could not touch a woman. That, that, they said we would actually lose the TV if a guy and we showed it back on TV. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. Even if it was an accidental, yep, they don't want it. They don't want it. Now you got you you got guys with WWE. They actually started. They got out of the box with that. Yeah. But the same way with blood. So mm, 
you you would still like to see one of them with some juice, right? I only because I believe <laughs> that a cage match calls almost for a little bit of blood. It, it, you know, in the old days, it was always the blow off match. It was the match. You know, the feud mm -hmm. was coming to a head, and you knew there was going to be violence in there. You knew there was going to be blood. And I, I always question why we use cage matches uh, anymore if there's not blood. That it's almost like, well, why put the cage there? I mean, you know, it makes no sense. If you're not well, going to use the cage to create the violence, why have it? Well, well, the cage match was invented to keep one guy from running. Correct, correct. Or other people from running in. That's why it was it was invented. But if you got it there, you could use it. And that's that's what you got. Yeah, but I, I think now they, they they actually resort to some of those gimmick matches a little too much. Yes, to to draw a house. But what was the best match on the pay per view? I think really uh, it was between two matches. It was either Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus inside the cage, or Seth uh, Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, that was also another banger match. Just killer stuff. And I got to tell you, outside of that pay per view, Dutch. Some of the best stuff I have seen on TV from WWE is coming from Gabe. Uh, uh, no, I can't remember his last name. A little small fella against, uh, I can't remember either guy's name now. Uh, the champion right now in WWE. Uh, Gunther, Gunther. Um, oh, Gunther. Gunther is the second coming of, of Johnny Valiant. I mean, uh, not Valiant. I'll think of it in a minute. We both, got, we both can't remember shit. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it's getting late. <laughs> but uh, I still can't remember his name. But he was a, a big guy, about six foot four, blonde headed, and he beat the shit out of his opponents. Where I first heard of him was in Charlotte and him and Wahoo McDaniel. They, they went back and forth. Valentine. Johnny Valentine, Valentine was his name. Gunther is the second coming because he's the real deal. Yes. See, Gunther don't have to get fancy. He just has to beat them up. And you have to find guys who are willing, are able to take that ass kicking. Yes. And they found him in Sheamus. They found it in, in, in the, the Drew guy. They found it in him. And I hope they go – all the way with him I because too. I think, I think right now, if they were looking for an opponent to put that title on, I would seriously consider Gunther. Yes. I, I totally because, agree. You know, and they're working toward, I think Cody and, and, and Roman, I guess, because of the, the dusty paved way and they, they want to finish that story. Yeah. But I think we're going to see uh, Gunther with a, a that top, what is the top singles belt in WWE? Top singles belt would be, well, you know, I, I'll start a whole nother conversation with me. <laughs> but the, you had the, you had the uh, Universal Championship and then the World Championship. It's the uh, World's, yeah. Yeah, but it's the World's Championship. I think Gunther has the Universal. Uh, he's actually, I want to say he's the Intercontinental Champion, isn't he? Or is he? I don't know. I, I you, you know, know it's horrible. We might, we might, we might need to pay a little more attention. To, but, <laughs> but that tells me, that tells me that they got too many belts. Of course, they got two shows. Yeah, but, but I think Gunther. I'm a huge, huge fan of Gunther, and I hope they go uh, the whole route with him.
because he's a guy that's a, a slow project. And another thing WWE has done, I preach patience. Take your time, take your time. And yes. they've slowed down. But And it's not a lack of, uh, of angles they're putting out there. It's quality. Yes. Now, with the bloodline, they don't have to do much to it. Nope. Because it's it's already made, and somebody saying, "Oh, Roman should have, he should have lost the last time against Cody." I'm saying, should he, or just because you wanted him to, because you wanted that feel good moment? Yeah, that's great. But if a guy, see, Dusty didn't win that the first year. No. Or this probably his second year, he went through all these trials and tribulations to get there, and. And and Dusty, I know what he was doing. You know, back in those days, you got the champion, I think, three times a year in a territory. And you had to make it count. So, and Dusty, to, to make, you know, it, it's not up to Dusty whether he wins or not. It's the St. Louis office. Yes. You know, and uh, the board had to vote on who they wanted to be champion. So, and Eddie Graham was a big big uh, name in that. And I know I'm going back past a lot of these people's uh, ex experience. I know but, everybody you're talking about though. <laughs> well, if you, if you studied this, it had made sense. They actually made sense back in the day. Yes. Now when it went to uh, WWE and of course they started doing so much TV, everybody, they just started just cranking out angles. Like it was a production line. But if you crank it out like a production line, it's going to be gone in a day. People won't even yeah. remember it. But now they do things you remember now because one thing I've always said, wrestling fans don't forget. No, no. They don't forget anything. They said, wait a minute, didn't so-and-so two weeks ago or two months ago say yes. this, and now he's teaming with him? What is? What the hell is going on? So you you lose fans. And a lot of people said, oh, they don't remember. Oh, yeah, they, they do remember. Yeah, they, they do. do. They do. You got to so, make sure you dot those I's and cross those T's uh, because they'll call you out on it as soon as you make a mistake. Because, like you say, they're rabid fans. They know what's been going on. They, they, they understand. They sure do. So, again, read the room and know what room you're reading. Dirty Dutch Mantel, uh, Rick and Sid are on assignment. That's the reason I popped in here today. Uh, now, on our show with Bill after and Teddy on Long. Assignment. On yeah, assignment. I was going to say. Right. <laughs> I was going to say on our assignment. show, we, we, we give them uh, fake assignments. Uh, so we always, like, if Bill's gone, we say he's over the, uh, you know, dancing for money at the girls' club yeah. over in Atlanta yeah. somewhere. So, uh, so I guess uh, Rick and Sid are doing their own thing, huh? I don't know what they're doing, but they – they missed Friday's show. I forgot that. And then I think they went to the pay-per-view. They think. must be upset with you. Yeah, they don't like me anyway, especially, <laughs> especially that Rick guy. That son of a – that son of a no. – no, they're good. They're good guys. So before I go to Dutch, let me uh, mention that both Bill Aptor and Teddy Long wanted me to pass along uh, hello to you and uh, that they miss you. Uh, Teddy even <laughs> said thank you for the kind words the other day on the podcast you had for him. Uh, and and by the way, I'm gonna make a, an offer for you right now. Uh, if at any time you have the availability. 
Teddy and I would love for you to join us on Road Trip After Hours. That's our show on Fridays. It drops every Friday. Our interviews are like 15 minutes, short and sweet, but we'd love to have you on the show, talk about the old days with you and Teddy. And uh, and I hope to maybe do this again with you sometime. If they ever take off on assignment again, I hope to pop in and speak with you again, Dutch. Well, good. And I enjoy talking to you because you know what I'm talking about. See, when I talk to a younger guy, yep. sometimes they said, what the yep. F is he <laughs> the hell talking about? He yep. has really been, he has really had that brain racked a little bit. So, but uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. And what show do you do? We with do Teddy? Uh, with Teddy. It's called Road Trip After Hours. And that's every Friday on YouTube. Uh, we've been doing that. We're coming up on our one year anniversary in October. Uh, and well, that's good. Long. Got a big month planned in October. And, of course, I've been doing one with Sports Keto with Bill Apter and Teddy Long now for a little over a year as well. So we're good. Uh, having a good time. And and that's one thing about wrestling fans. You know, the older wrestling fans, they love stories. Yes. They love. And and this is – and I say this all the time. It's how I learned the business. I would – after the show was over, I would find myself behind the wheel – and the veterans, they'd stop and they'd get them a six pack and they'd be drinking on the way back. Yep. Then about the second beer in, they start telling the stories. And that's where I learned. I didn't say nothing. I just. That's I what's I, missing. I Dutch. The, the young guys today don't listen. And that's the biggest complaint I hear from a lot of guys uh, that are in the business now that tell me the younger talent right now really don't care to listen to the older talent. They think they know it all and they don't need to hear. And the truth is, back in your day, you had to listen. That's how you learned. Yeah. There was no other oh. way to learn. Well, if you didn't listen, it, listen, it was a sign of disrespect. Yes. And, and the dressing room was much smaller. Territories back in those days only carried 16 guys, 16 guys in close proximity to each other every night. Yep. They had you figured out about the first week. Yep. And if you didn't want to listen, they would take you in the ring. Just one of the heels would tell the other heel, hey, that guy, get in there, beat the shit out of him. Yep. And yep. They, they would make it hard on the guy. I hate to say that, but business was so much different years ago. But it was run better, if you want to know the truth. I think it was run better because the things behind the scenes were kept behind the scenes. Well, most of it was. Some of it got out. But it only got out because of guys like me running my mouth. Yeah, and it's getting out going? now. Well, I'm running my mouth now. It's only 40 years too late, 30 yeah. years too late. <laughs> but now they said, oh, we heard about you, you son of a guy. Dutch said you did, did you? Yeah. That son of a bitch. And let me get my wheelchair over there and I'll beat his ass. You son of a, you're talking about me. Hey, what I have noticed lately that some of the podcasters, they are getting in arguments with each other. And that's more interesting than what they're doing in the ring too. I, I agree. It's it's drama that makes people want to watch. And if you and when you've got drama building in your own company right under your feet, God knows. Folks, use that drama. Make some money. Make the ratings go through the roof. And be honest with you, I hate the fact that the whole thing with AEW and CM Punk didn't work out simply because we missed a lot of great stories that could have been told. So, Dutch, yeah, I appreciate right. it, brother. Okay. This has been Smack Talk. I am Mac Davis, your guest host this week, and that is Dirty Dutch Mantel. We'll see you next time. We the people. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Let me see. Let me run. Nice, nice meeting you. You Mr. too. 
You take care. If you ever need me, you know where I'm at. I will. I appreciate it, Dutch. Take care, sir. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.